you did something amazing. You had a million dollar year. Now, before we get into like what went into that, because that's not a winning lottery ticket. You don't just scratch, scratch off roll dice with content and land on a million dollars. But take me to the day that you checked, whether it was a P&L, whether it was Stripe <laughs> Account Square, where were you? What did it feel like you checked? I want to know where were you, what was going on, and how did you feel? Yeah, I was at my house, and I can't remember if I was looking at my Stripe or if I was looking at um, on a call with my finance manager, but I do remember looking at it, and I'm like, I finally did it. And it's like, for whatever reason, money was just slower that week, so it was like, 998 100,000 and it's like mad slow and then I'm finally like wow I did it I did it um, and it felt really great it was like there was one side of me that was really excited because it's like it's my first seven-figure year so this was 2020 and then there was another side of me that was like I knew this was coming because I made the decision six months ago this needs to be your million dollar year wow oh you made the decision this needs to where did the decision come from the decision came from just really starting to expand my mindset, started reading more about like growing my business, what it really meant to transition from making money online to becoming a CEO. And so when I had that like epiphany or mindset shift, I was like, I want to run a $10 million company. So 1 million is inevitable. Mm. My goal is to help coaches and entrepreneurs turn their mind into money, teaching them how to take what they know, package it, market it, sell it and automate it to make a massive income and massive impact, even if they don't have a lot of followers on social media. If you're watching this video, you're about to make a whole lot of money because we're about to show you how to turn your ideas into online income. What does that mean? All of us have information and knowledge that we've acquired throughout the years or services we provide. I like to help coaches, entrepreneurs figure out how do you package that into something you can sell in a digital product or course or program how do you market it so people know that you actually sell it? How do you sell it to generate revenue and automate it to build a successful online company? Well, today, the person I get to interview embodies all of that. Really, she should be doing this show by herself. I should get up and leave right now. She's absolutely one of my favorite entrepreneurs because she's brilliant. She's outgoing. She has personality. She is one of the best that I've seen do it for a consistent period of time. There's a lot of people who have pivoted throughout the years, not because they've been successful, but simply because they are unclear. Well, she helps women of faith get clarity and do everything from idea, literally, to a successful online business. My sister, my friend, Maya Elias. What's up, family? Hey, what's going on? Thanks for having me. Man, it's a pleasure to have you. I want to dive right in. The first thing that popped in my head, and I and I, I want to know, you did something amazing. You had a million dollar year. Now, before we get into like what went into that, because that's not a winning lottery ticket. You don't just scratch, scratch off roll dice with content and land on a million dollars. But take me to the day that you checked, whether it was a P&L, whether it was Stripe <laughs> Account Square, where were you? What did it feel like you checked? I want to know where were you, what was going on, and how did you feel? Yeah, I was at my house, and I can't remember if I was looking at my Stripe or if I was looking at um, on a call with my finance manager, but I do remember looking at it, and I'm like, I finally did it. And it's like, for whatever reason, money was just slower that week, so it was like 998, 100,000. <laughs> and it was like mad slow, and then I'm finally like, wow, I did it, I did it. 
Um, and it felt really great. It was like there was one side of me that was really excited because it's like it's my first seven figure year. So this was 2020. And then there was another side of me that was like, I knew this was coming because I made the decision six months ago. This needs to be your million dollar year. Wow. Hold on. You made the decision. This needs to. Where did the decision come from? The decision came from just really starting to expand my mindset, started reading more about like growing my business, what it really meant to transition from making money online to becoming a CEO. And so when I had that like epiphany or mindset shift, I was like, I want to run a $10 million company. So 1 million is inevitable. Mm. What's the emotion? You check, you're waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting. Did it feel like a finish line? Did it feel like a win? Like how did you It feel? didn't feel like a finish line. It felt like this is the milestone that I needed to hit to get to where I really want to go. Yeah. So it felt good. Like I, I definitely felt proud. I felt excited. I felt like an expectation of like, yes, like this is, it felt like this is the beginning really, yeah. you know? So it's like, you know, been, been being in the online space for a while, hitting six figures is like where most people want to start. And so I did that for a few years and I'm like, no, one million is really the beginning. Like, how do I blow this up? Like, I want to expand. I want to yeah. reach more people. Let me ask, who the first person you talked? Like, who'd you text? Was it a group text? Was it a phone call, FaceTime? Like, who's oh that gosh. person you shared it with? I honestly can't remember. Maybe my sister. Yeah. Probably my sister. Uh, she lives here in Atlanta, so I probably called her like, girl, I did a million. Like, we rich now. <laughs> <laughs> Here's why I asked that, right? Because... What you had to have overcome to get to a place, you said something critical. I made the decision. Mm -hmm. Like internally to resolve within yourself, this is what I deserve. This is what I desire. This is what I'm willing to do. This is what I'm not willing to do. Because yeah. that's a key part that goes into, into hitting that mark. Yeah. And even having the community to share it with. Yeah. Because there is some levels of success remorse, right? Surviving and reaching a certain plateau. And everyone don't have friends that they can talk about their reality we typically have a community we can talk about our dreams yeah so that's amazing that you had your sister that you can reach out yeah. and talk to about but here's my question so many people never ever reach that mark what do you feel you did differently um i think just honestly never quitting you mm. know like you said i've been in the industry for so long now like when i first started making money professionally was 2008 as a freelancer, I was a freelance designer, and it's just making the decision to not quit and simultaneously making a clear decision that I always wanna expand. Because there's a lot of people who don't quit, but they keep doing the same thing year after year after year, and there's really not a lot of growth and expansion. Yeah. So I think really the difference is like, one, increasing my rates. Like if we're talking about like practical things that I did, increasing my rates, getting in front of more people, selling consistently. I remember I was having a conversation with my friend Mariah and she's somebody that like, we kind of grew up in the internet space together from blogging days in 2014. And I remember asking her like, well, what's the difference between six figures and seven figures? And she was like selling every day. And so when I shifted my mindset to like, you can't be trying to sell every once in a while and doing these launches every once in a while, like you gotta be so excited about your stuff that you wanna tell people about it every day. And I definitely think that made a huge difference. Most people struggle with that, right? Because I feel like our personality trait. So I'm, I'm outgoing, I'm kind of introvert, I'm ambivert, introvert, extrovert. I'm a, there's a faith side of me that wanna serve everybody. There's a business side of me that realized the best way to serve everyone is to not need anything from them so I can actually serve, right? Yeah. So did you have any hangups as it relates to selling every day? Because I know most people do. 
Mm. I don't think that I did. I think if there were hangups, I think it was mainly how do I just find an interesting way to talk about what I'm doing so I don't sound like redundant. But I was really just like, okay, what is the best way to sell every day? Is it sending emails every day? Does it mean going live every day? Does it mean social media every day? Then you realize selling every day doesn't mean like you're manually selling, like you're not always on the phone, you're not always sending out emails, but there's always some type of communication that's going out where at least one person is hearing about your offer. So that's like, you know, the importance of consistent content, like, Can you have enough content that you can post on YouTube maybe three times a week and then the other days it's on social media four times a week and somebody is seeing your stuff? Absolutely. You mentioned blogging, uh, graphic design. Let's go back, (laughs) right? Once again, how many years you say you've been in this internet space? Uh, What, 15 years now? Wow. I know, isn't that crazy? (laughs) It's insane. I have way too much information on the internet. (laughs) Because you don't know back then that, right. that the internet's going to really like last forever and what it's going to do. But Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> the reason why I say it is like we started by talking about this, this mountaintop in most people's mind. Mm-hmm. Million dollar year. And then you followed it up with, an- with another one. Yes. <laughs> and another one. Right. Another million dollar year. So yeah. you're talking about back-to-back championships. Like, you know. So we started there. But what some people will hear is that. Mm-hmm. But then you said 15 years. So it, yeah. it wasn't just that year. It was right. all the experience. Take me back to that initial journey. How <laughs> did you get started? Oh, my gosh. So I got started by creating custom MySpace pages for people. Um, so this was really back before social media was really a big thing, before you really promoted yourself on like an Instagram or a Twitter. MySpace and Facebook were like the two most popular social media platforms, maybe Black Planet a little bit at the time, which <laughs> yeah. is just like, oh my gosh, how old is this lady? <laughs> yeah. 4,000 4, years old? Like, she's ancient. Um, so I started on those platforms, and you know, MySpace was really a place for a lot of people who wanted to build their music brand, their modeling brand. It was for a lot of like entertainers. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't even realize I was helping people build their brand. I didn't even know what the word brand was or what branding was. I just knew I loved creating things on the internet. I loved making people look good on the internet. And it's like, that's essentially what branding is, right? Yeah. Creating this persona and creating a perception of what you want people to think of you or how you want people to view you. And so I, I got into that space and then eventually evolved into doing web and graphic design and really understanding branding. How, like how hard of a transition was that for you? The reason I, I say that is, as a creative, as an whether we're doing art, whether we're speaking, whether we're creating programs, we are infusing a piece of our personality, who we are, into mm-hmm. all that we do. Mm-hmm. I know you, so I know we're not the people to get involved in something we don't care about, right? Yeah. I'm, the same, I'm either all in or not at all. Yeah. So to put yourself into something and then pivot from that thing to the next thing, how, how hard of a transition was it or was it just a natural evolution? It was really a natural evolution. I felt like with every pivot or transition, I was stepping more into who I was and more into who I was called to be. And so anytime I would pivot, I would think about, does this pivot allow me to make more impact, right? Mm -hmm. So when I'm doing the MySpace pages, when MySpace is hot, that's when I'm making the most impact. When it's fading out, me trying to continue building an agency, (laughs) building MySpace pages, like, girl, we're in 2013 now, like nobody, yeah. Exactly, like, sis, I need a website. Like, now we're talking about domain names and .com. So me pivoting into web design made sense because that was the era that we were in. So as I uh, pivoted and evolved, it was just something that made sense. I wanted to make sure I could use my skills to create the most impact. 
Um, so I would say definitely a natural evolution. But what's really funny is when I was pivoting to web design, I told people I was a web designer before I was really a web designer. Yeah. It was like, I've never built a website in my life, but <laughs> y'all are gonna think I'm a web designer because if I can code a MySpace page, I'm sure I can build a website. 100%. So thank God for YouTube because it helped me build my first website. You, you said it was a natural evolution of who, who I am or who I was becoming. Mm -hmm. For those who don't know, who is Maya Elliott? <laughs> Yeah, so from the pro professional side, I'm a business coach, and what I do, what I love to do is teach women of faith how to take their expertise, master their message, package their expertise, and build a successful coaching or consulting business. Mm -hmm. So as a woman of faith myself, growing up in a Christian household, you know, I often sometimes saw people like just lacking with their finances, and I'm like, how can you say you want to serve more and you want to help build the kingdom of God, but you don't have the money to do so? And so there will always be a lot of guilt around making money and being a good Christian. Yeah. I'm like, we got to be able to do both. So I really loved um, seeing people that had this God-given gift and I wanted them to know that you don't have to hoard this gift or you don't have to pimp out your gift and give it away for free and think that that's the best way to go about it. You can actually live in your purpose full time if you learn how to monetize it so you don't have to decide between a nine to five you hate and then after work you get to do what God called you to do. Yeah, I 100% I, I love it because it's like we have a similar perspective. The way that I word it is, uh, what I consider kingdom is partnering with God to eliminate something off someone's prayer list, mm. right? So I think for all of us, God gives us a gift to hire us to work for him to say, make it the way they don't have to pray about that. Mm. For you and I, we're helping people generate money. Yeah. So now the pro I believe God's top list is they all asking about money and a boo. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. So if we partner with people to help them discover their purpose and serve other people, and not have to pray about money, then it literally partners with God and that is kingdom, so it is ministry. And yeah. that's, that's amazing what you're doing for women. Now I gotta go to, you said it so eloquently, right? It was very clear. The average person does not know how to communicate who they are and what they do. Mm -hmm. How'd you get so good at that? I think I got good at it because I just understand things in a very simple way. So when I first, after I graduated college, I was actually supposed to go to uh, Penn State University, but I ended up moving to Charlotte, North Carolina, and I went to a community college. And at first I had so much shame around going to a community college because I knew my, my parents had these like high expectations for me. You know, I'm first generation American. So, you know, I have what's, two. What's your, what's your? I'm Liberian. Gotcha. Yeah. So, you know, my parents come to this country. They're like, yeah, we're going to live the American dream. Our kids are going to go to like top universities, all of that. But I'm at a community college and I didn't recognize then that it was an easier way for me to learn because when I went to a bigger university, I got so lost in the sauce of like these big classes. I didn't really understand a lot of what was going on. And then when I started working, you know, doing web design, working with a lot of experts, a lot of these people didn't know how to communicate what they were doing in a way that when you have your website, you're still not making money from it because your website isn't saying what it needs to say. 100%. So these people pick my brain like, what should I say on my website? Can you help me with this? And so they would say things to me in all of this expert jargon and all of these big words. And I'm like, I don't understand what you're saying. So I would have to force them to simplify what their expertise was so I could understand it, so I could help them with the copy. And that's really how I started yeah. getting good in messaging because I'm like, we gotta take all these big words and put it through a filter that your audience is going to understand. Is this part of what, what you help your clients with? Mm-hmm, and I love it, it's so fun.
We've got to pause right there because I'm in the giving mood. I decided to offer you a free gift. Absolutely free. Now I tell you all the time about turning your ideas into online income, but how am I going to tell you to do something and not provide the resource for it? There's so many questions that people have online about what should I post? How do I get my engagement up? How do I get people to click the link in my bio? Buy from me. What should I sell? Whether it's an ebook, an online course, how much should I charge? How do I launch? How do I do a webinar? You see what I'm saying? So I decided to create a free training and give it to you that you can utilize to learn how to literally take the services that you do or the ideas you have and build a successful online company. Go to www.monetizewithmarkers.com, my gift to you. You're welcome. So they're just talking and talking and talking. All of the talking. <laughs> uh, they be, they'll be talking for like seven minutes straight and I'll say back to them in like 30 seconds. So they're like, how did you just do that right now? Yeah. yeah. The reason I laugh is uh, one of my programs, uh, Course Final Accelerator Mastermind, last night was our messaging night. Mm -hmm. And each person gets a chance to go and it was, <laughs> I help people intuitively <laughs> integrate. Oh my God. Yes. Over explaining. Intuitively integrate their impact through a microcosm of your Right, life. right. Bro, if you're talking to somebody's mama, right. you're at the bar grabbing some wings, watching the game, or you're yeah. like, hey, bro, what you do? I help people intuitively. Yeah, you're not going to say all that. <laughs> and if you do, you're going to lose them. <laughs> yeah. So it's, that's a high level skill, right? Because there, when you talk about when someone gets paid to, to be an interpreter for different people who speak languages from other countries, mm -hmm. in essence, you're helping someone interpret their vision, something yeah. that no one can see. Mm -hmm. You're taking the raw, their raw thoughts, their ideas, their passion, the beginning point of their journey, and where they see themselves going. Yeah. And you're packaging that into a very clear message. That's a crazy skill. It's so fun. I love it. I think it's cool too because it's like you really get to work with people who are so smart and you're like, I just want to help you communicate this so the rest of the world knows how brilliant you are. Would you say that most people struggle with that? Like that's a major struggle for most business owners when it comes to messaging? Yeah. Most people struggle with it for two reasons. One, because they're used to communicating about what they do to their peers, right? So if they're at, you know, at their corporate job or whatever, they're working with other people who do what they do, they're going to speak in their language. Yeah. The other reason it's hard for people to communicate what they do is because most people don't they don't know how to talk about themselves or like to talk about themselves. They feel like it's bragging. And I'm like, we have to brag on you. Like, this is what your marketing is going to be yeah. about. Like, there's an eloquent way to brag on yourself in a way that it attracts the right people. So, you know, just getting people out of their shell, like, let's talk about the amazing things you do. And let's talk about it in a way that your client understands why they need to work with you. I, okay, let's brag on Maya. Let's do something. <laughs> well, a couple of things. You said you was at that big college uh -huh. and you wanted to go to junior college. So I, I am curious of where, what you was doing at that big college. Would you out there twerking or something? I was. I was a party <laughs> animal. When I say God's grace was on my life. <laughs> oh, Lord. What year was this? This was... 2002. Ooh, Cash Money had just took oh, no, over no, no, for the 999. No, 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 uh, 2012. I meant 2012. Oh my! Yeah. God. So I know that thing was Cash Money was ringing out everywhere it was, you went. What was what was a Waka Flocka was really big back then, and was it Travis Porter? Uh, oh yeah, that okay. was the era. Okay, yep. yeah, that's when people <laughs> used to actually dance. Yes. Yeah, people used to actually dance. We were right? actually dancing. Yeah, you, everybody's walking out there musty. Uh, <laughs> I'm done. Okay, so that's what. What was one of your nicknames back then? I didn't have no nicknames, just what? Maya. No nicknames. No nicknames. 
Okay, so just Maya. Yes. Now you are Maya Elias, CEO, mm -hmm. two back-to-back million-dollar years, multi-million-dollar company. Mm -hmm. So most people struggle with messaging. That's the part where you were developing that skill. So mm -hmm. CEO Maya Elias, uh -huh. Maya, twerking Maya back then, yes. comes to CEO Maya Elias uh -huh. and says, I want to do this business, same business you were doing then. Uh -huh. How would you coach that person? Oh my right? god. Right, so walk me through that process. This is CEO Maya talking to twerking Maya. It is hard to say. It's almost like it's almost too close to home because I'm like, girl, you don't need business help. You need Jesus. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we started with mindset then. Yes, yeah. Um, especially because back then I kind I felt like I was in a male dominated industry because I was such a creative back then. I was also shooting nightlife photography. I was creating uh, the graphics for all of the uh, the clubs, the clubs and parties. Yeah. So that's why I was also such a party animal because the industry that I was in. Yeah. So I think I would say like be mindful of the industry that you're in. Think about the type of people you want to work with. Think about the type of respect that you want as an entrepreneur. So I that's definitely the first thing. I think sometimes like we choose our audience based on who we think has money or who we think is only able to pay us yeah. and it's like who do you want to work with and who can you best serve mm. so that would be the first piece of advice that I would give to young twerking, twerking I'm still twerking Maya but <laughs> 20 something twerking Maya that's the advice that I would give her wow and then so twerking Maya says okay that sounds good I'm doing this MySpace thing is the way she words it mm -hmm. I really want to charge more what are some, but I don't know if anybody has the money, I'm in college, how yeah. do I get around this audience? Yeah. What do we say to help her? So we tell Maya to think about how this MySpace thing is going to help her ideal client. Because oftentimes we just think we're selling, you know, social media management, or we think we're selling videography, we think we're selling websites or the MySpace thing. And it's like, it's not about the actual thing itself, it's about how does this thing help your person, because that's what they're paying for. They're paying for the result. They're paying for the transformation. Mm. So you got to think about, okay, how does MySpace help your ideal client get to the next level? And it's your responsibility to understand what that next level is or looks like for them, because in messaging, that's what you have to communicate. Yeah. So 20-something Maya wants to say, hey, I'm going to help you build your MySpace page so you can get closer to getting a record deal, or I'm going to help you build your MySpace page so you can get more modeling gigs or whatever it is then it's different. Now it's now it's not, oh, I'm gonna help you create a pretty MySpace page and I can do the backend coding. It's, I'm gonna help you land more modeling gigs through your MySpace platform. More results driven. Yep. Oh yeah, so you're coaching. Mm -hmm. You're coaching mm -hmm. now. <laughs> so twerking Maya has now changed her name to 20-something Maya. She's like, I don't go by that no more. Uh -huh. Things I used to do, I don't do no more. Right. <laughs> Places I used to go. Yeah. So she says, oh my God, I'm so excited. Coach, she calls you and says, I had my first five-figure day. Mm. What do I do next? How do I make this into a company? I want to be a CEO like you. Mm, that's a good question. So once my clients start making pretty decent money, if you could do five figures in a month, five figures in a day, then the next thing isn't, in my mind, isn't even necessarily how do you make more money. It's can you make the same amount of money without spending less time? And so because most times when people are starting to make more money, they're approaching the place of burnout because they're hustling for that money. They're yeah. like, oh, but I worked with, you know, 17 clients last week just to hit this revenue goal. And I'm like, okay, how do we scale back? Can you make that same amount of money with seven clients? 
because then you can actually start to experience some of the freedom, which is essentially what we're chasing with entrepreneurship. It's not just the money, it's the freedom that should be coming along with making the money. Then once we can scale her time, then I start thinking about now how do we make more money and how do we make it so that you're not the only person bringing money into your company. So do you hire another designer? Do you need an admin? How do we best leverage your time? Mm. The reason why I'm asking this, because I know there are some Mayas out there. Mm -hmm. And you literally just took us from where you were then, and now I understand those 15 years. Yeah. Right? We were talking about from the day that you realized, man, we hit a million dollars, to 15 years ago getting started. And the brilliance of you being able to capture your journey, and you've built a business around helping other Mayas out there navigate that journey from... I don't know where to get started. Yeah. I don't know how brilliant I am. All the way up to twerking Mayas to twenty-something <laughs> year old Maya to five figure day to six figures, seven figures. Do do you see yourself in your clients? I do see myself in a lot of my clients, which is it's fun and exciting because I'm like, the things that you think are so hard right now or the things that you think nobody else is going through, I've already been there. So that's why I'm excited to coach you through it because I know the fears you have, I know the doubts you have, I know, you know, the hesitation you have around increasing your rates and putting yourself out there. So I'm able to definitely see different um, pieces of my journey inside of my clients. You do something really amazing built to impact weekend mm -hmm. and i'm jealous because it, it's it's a whole lot of women i'm like where, <laughs> where, why, why the men can't pull why can't up? the men come they always ask it looks fun it's exciting i see everything from tears to dancing to education to writing i understand your journey now and what you're doing what made you put together a weekend to educate and help women in that way. And is that a part of helping them navigate that journey? Tell me more about anybody who doesn't know what is Built to Impact Weekend. Yeah. Why did it get started? Like, what's the idea behind it? Yeah. So Impact Weekend is my three-day live event where, you know, primarily women of faith, female entrepreneurs come. They want to learn how to master their message and build their brand online so they can make six figures. And it's three days of me teaching everything from mindset to messaging to marketing. And so if you can come in there with a skill set, you will leave out with an offer and a strategy to build your business to six figures. So it's not just some conference. It's not just some conference. It's life changing. Wow. It really is life changing. So Because you said coming in and leaving out with tangibles. So this is live implementation, workshop, hands-on. Yeah, it's very, very hands-on. We have our coaches there, you know, ready to support. We break out into like small groups and huddles so you can work with, you know, some of the women you meet there, workshop your messaging, workshop your funnel ideas, how are you gonna build your list? You know, how do you wanna price your offer? So I really teach almost everything I know in business, as much of it as I can squeeze into three days is what goes on in that weekend. I can only imagine what you feel like afterwards. I know. It's it's like it's a high and it's exhaustion at the same time. It feels so good. My favorite part is when the weekend is done and I can go on social media and then look at the event through everybody else's eyes. Yeah. Because I'm in my zone, you know, when I'm on stage, I'm just pouring out and serving, which is where I want to be. But after to see the transformation and to see women leave out with so much confidence, because a lot of these women, they don't have this level of confidence when they're at home because they don't have the community. Yeah. They don't have people pouring into them. Usually at home, you have people second guess, why do you want to make that much money? You really think people are going to pay you for this? Are you really sure yeah. you can start your own business? All of this doubt and projection just being, you know, thrown onto you. And so it's a great feeling to see that. 
Where'd the idea come from? So the idea came from first built when I created Built to Impact, I think it was 2017, and it was an agency at first because I was already designing, I was writing copy, I was building funnels for people back then. And that, that's what helped me get to my first six-figure year. But I recognized that when we did things for clients, they felt like they didn't really need to be a part of the process. And it's like, this is still your business, right? <laughs> yeah. And so I'm like, I really need people to understand their messaging. I need them to understand the, the funnel and the marketing strategy that we put in place for them. So I'm like, I wanna teach more people. And so at the time I was also doing VIP days. Those were uh, happening very frequently. And so I'm like, well, what if I could, instead of doing this for them, I could teach this to them and almost make it a VIP weekend. And I remember at the time just writing like two day live event and I didn't know what Impact Weekend was gonna be at the time, but I wrote it down and then I just started planning it. It came together, I think six to eight months later is when I did my first Impact Weekend and it was 12 women in an Airbnb for two days and I was teaching them their messaging and their marketing. And so I did that about four or five times before you know I scaled it into doing it in the, you know, as a conference. Yeah. So. From 12 women to how many, how many women this year? About 200. Sheesh. From t were you discouraged with the 12 women or excited? I was excited. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Do not despise humble beginnings. 100%. Yeah. And, and how many days is it now? I know you say you started with two days. How many yeah, days is it now? Yeah, it's three. Three days. Three full days, yeah. Good. And you did it here in, here in Atlanta, correct? Yeah, yeah. Right up the street and no invite, I tell you. You know what? You're supposed to see it on Instagram and pop in. <laughs> all, all my guy friends just come in and they just sit in the back. It'd be a right. blue and Maddie in the back just like, all right, we, we just rooting for Maya in the back. No, the, re the, the thing that excites me the most about you is, every number one, I got to highlight something for, for anyone who's watching. She is highly trained. Do you hear how concise the answers are? I got to just, I I, like, no, I'm like, so you can interview people. There, and, and it's, Elaboration, 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 yeah, they get yeah. lost in the sauce. You are able to pack so much into a small setting and say exactly <laughs> what is needed and kind of like, what's next? I like right, it. Right. I like it. <laughs> this is how I know you're a phenomenal coach. Thank you. Right? Simplicity is power. Clarity yeah. is power. I can tell yeah. that you're clear. Yeah, yeah. What what goes into that? Like, what's your what's a typical day as a multi-seven-figure CEO, what does that look like? Are you a regular person? Like somebody's gonna ask like, no, that's different for her. You don't understand. I gotta do my hair, I gotta do my makeup. I got kids like, what? what is a typical day for you? Yeah, it's interesting because I don't think every day is typical. You know, like Mondays and Wednesdays look completely different. But I would say if I were to try to sum it up into what a typical day is, wake up, if I'm training that day, I'll go meet with my trainer, get my butt kicked. You know, I always like having somebody in my life that's gonna stretch me mm -hmm. um, and pour into me. So driving to my trainer, I'll listen to an audio book on the way, work out, come home, take a shower. I have a personal assistant, so she might be at my house by the time I get back. Um, she'll uh, just kind of set me up for my per day. Uh, personal assistant, everyone. Oh, uh, yeah, she, <laughs> oh, she real rich. Uh, okay, on. but before the personal assistant, I <laughs> did the stuff for myself. So I had to do it. And it was getting done. Now I just, I like to delegate. Let me tell you, yeah. I love, I was delegating before I was making six figures. Yeah. And what's interesting is oftentimes people wait to delegate until they're burnt out. Mm. I was delegating because I was like, you know what? I would rather watch Netflix than build a landing page. So I hired an assistant to do all the administrative things that I didn't want to do. Yeah. So now there's 
just things like my assistant, she's brilliant, she's phenomenal, and so she'll you know do things like make my breakfast or meal prep for me and stuff like that. So I get home and then usually I'll work from like 10 to two. Listen, two o'clock every day, your girl's taking a nap. Okay, I'm taking a nap and I'm not <laughs> missing a day of it. So, and, so a nap is scheduled. Oh you yeah, it's and it's like my nap. body is so used to it at this point where it's, and I can't fight sleep. So if I'm sleepy, I'll sleep at the desk. I, I, I have, too, I have seen that firsthand. Um, <laughs> see, yes, I'll be knocked out. We were so. recently in Mexico, and y'all are the, are the most napping entrepreneurs I've ever seen. Everybody I mean, was napping, huh? Nothing bad. I go out by the pool, and you and Marie was just out there. Knocked I should. Oh, I got video of y'all just, I'm like, they, they, the ocean's watching them. The pool is watching right, them. Right, right. I should have <laughs> hit my face. No face, no case. But yeah, so two o'clock, we getting in that nap. And if by chance I'm not taking a nap, I still need a mental break, right? Because mm. a lot of what we do, it's not, it's not a lot of uh, physical labor, but it's a lot of mental labor. So much thinking, talking to the team, talking to your clients, making sure things are running. So I just need to take a mental break. So I might just sit on my couch. I might go, you know, lay in my bed and watch TV for an hour. Um, and then maybe get back to work around like four. So mm. then do a little bit of work and then get back on my couch or in bed and just chill. I could learn a lot from you. Yeah, you need to rest more? What? So I am a, um, <laughs> how do I, I word this? Um, come on, just counsel me right now. Okay, okay, just, okay. It's really bad. So I don't know what it is in me. I feel uncomfortable if I'm not doing something. So yeah. I'll give you a very good example. Monday is my coaching day, so I okay. coach all day and I'm thinking through things. Well, the issue with that is the Epic Nation is this merging of the online coaching world and the church world, right? Yep. So what you get in spirituality, how do you process that into a skill, ability, et cetera, and the personal development? So I teach on Sunday. Mm. So that's prep. So Sunday's not a rest day for me. Monday is a coaching day. Tuesday, we film all day, right? With, mm -hmm. the, with the episodes. Wednesday, we write back at it with Epic Talks, et cetera, Thursday the same. I have to. I will finish on Sunday, and and get up from teaching, mm -hmm. and go to get something to eat with a notepad to start planning for Monday and Tuesday. Like soon as I'm done. Like what? When you said naps and Netflix, I, oh I can't remember gosh. the last time. Like I know, and I've always done that. You know, people are like, yeah, I worked my butt off this time. I got to my million dollar year. I definitely have seasons where I might work, you know, a fourteen hour day if I need to, but I don't try to make that a habit. Those are seasonal whereas for other people it might be like oh i have a season of rest but i'm mainly hustling it's like i'm a hustle when i need a hustle yeah. but i'm gonna prioritize rest and i don't know i think i think a lot of men do that because they are providers they're protectors and oftentimes men they don't like feeling like they're lazy yeah and yeah i have guy friends that are like that that their brain is always moving and you know one of my closest friends he's always like how on earth did you build a seven-figure company? All you do is sleep and watch TV. And I'm like, that's not true. It's not true. But, you know, but for him, he's like, no, I always got to be on the go. He has multiple companies, all these ideas, coaching people. And I'm like, I don't have the mental capacity for it. Yeah. So I think it's a, it's a mindset shift. I know for him, he's starting to change a little more as he's getting older. He's like, wait, this is weighing on my health to always be working and not take care of myself. So it's like, you got to take care of yourself. You got a family to worry about. You love the Lord, you know the Lord, so yeah. we need our we need our Sabbath. So yeah. 
Yeah. I would say, like, if, I was saving yesterday. I was, <laughs> I was battling with, so my body sometimes is communicating to me to say, we're tired. Mm -hmm. I had headaches all yesterday, and I'm mm. just trying, and I'm, I'm trying to sort through it. Yeah. I could, I'm learning a lot from you, right? How'd you get to that place of, we all had it, right? Back in the day, you remember that phase that coaches went through where we used to show our calendar filled all up. And we oh, don't call oh yeah. You know booked phase, and busy. The right? booked and busy phase. That, um, no, no shade at all because I love him. E.T. was grind. You got to get up early, stay yeah, up late. Yeah. You, know, you know, that whole thing. So we all embraced that idea. Mm -hmm. When did you opt out? Like, mm, nah, that's not it. And how'd you create that, mm. that harmonious balance within yourself to feel comfortable and say, I know that there are times when it's time to clock in, I'm going to be fully present. But what I love that you're doing is you're treating yourself well. You're treating mm, your clients well. Yeah. I'm treating my clients well, but I'm not, I'm not treating myself well. Yeah, you need to treat yourself well. But that's also the beauty of community where people could be like, bro, I need you to chill. Like, hey, we're going to take a trip or we're going to do this. Like, let's do something non-business related. Um, I definitely think like when I first started, I worked a lot. But I don't think that I worked a lot out of the desire to hustle because I needed money. I think a lot of people get caught up in that maybe um, it could be they've experienced actual poverty, so they have this poverty mindset of, I need to hustle because I gotta get to the bag. By the grace of God, I've never really had that m mindset because I've had my parents to be able to fall back on if I needed to. Um, but when I've worked hard, it's because I really desire to do something. I really desire to accomplish doing something. So it's hard for me to say, like, when did I tap into, you know, have wanting that freedom? It was just like, I, if I knew I was tired, but something needed to be done, my brain thinks in systems. So I think this needs to get done, but it doesn't need to get done by me, which is why I love delegating. Yeah. So I don't feel the pressure of me being the person to do it. And I think oftentimes people feel like they're more valuable if they're the one doing all of the hard work. Mm. I'm like, it's just valuable if it's getting done. Cause yeah. my bank is gonna look the same if it gets done, right? Yeah. It doesn't necessarily need to be me. So the thing that all of us entrepreneurs, well, I don't want to lump us all, most entrepreneurs struggle with is that whole delegation piece of trusting someone to do it in a way that you would do it similar to. So what would you say to that person that's kind of like, I know that someone else needs to do this, but man, yeah, it, it, it'll take me longer to teach them how to do it. I know. No, I definitely actually understand that. So I would say first delegate the things that it's like, mundane stuff that doesn't require a lot of genius. It just takes up a lot of time or mental capacity. So the first thing I delegated was like setting up a landing page. You know, I had, I create checklists, which are, are essentially systems, right? A checklist is simply a system of how you want things to be done. So on the landing page, every landing page needs my headshot. Here's a folder of headshots. Every landing page needs my bio. Here's my bio. Every landing page needs my logo. Here's the logo. Uh, it, once you give them all of the information, it's like, they can set up the basic things, and that's just an example, but start delegating things that don't require your special sauce or your special touch or whatever, and keep the things that you feel like only you can do, you can keep that for yourself. Wow, wow, wow. You should quit working for free. How did social media hire all of us to be their workforce? We're on the app posting videos, going live, creating reels. We do not get paid when we create content on social media, they do by selling our content to advertisers. But how do you actually build an online business using social media? I wanna break it down for you and give you access to it. There's five simple steps. I'll tell it to you in a few seconds. Step number one is client attraction. I'm gonna show you how to actually attract clients that will happily pay you 
what you're offering. Step number two, how to capture them. How do you get their emails? How do you get their phone numbers? How do you get them to show up to your event? Be on your Zoom calls. To what I refer to as client dating, it's where you nurture a relationship with people to get them to say yes to whatever you're offering. And I'm even gonna show you what type of content to create that gives you brand visibility and brand recognition. I call it social media secrets. You get access wherever you're watching this video, you'll see it in the description and you'll see it beneath this. Let's get back to the episode. I can 100% I can see, and I'm sure others can, why you're so successful at what you do. It's the balance, it's the alignment. I always say success is, is not attainment, it's alignment, mm -hmm. right? It's aligning with your core values. That works for you, yeah. right? The alignment of you and your clients, the level of emphasis of how you're able to help them. Here's what I would ask. What is that one thing that you say, man, and here's the, it's a two-part question. Okay. The thing that you can look back and say, man, I got that wrong. And the thing mm. that you can pinpoint, I got that right. Mm. Man, if I could say if there's anything that I got wrong, it was not trusting my own voice or not trusting my own intuition. Mm. Um, I think an example of that is, you know, and it's so interesting because I love the idea of people getting coaches. I like hiring coaches and understanding that when you hire a coach, your coach is there to guide you with what you want to do right so your coach is not there to necessarily tell you what you should be doing based on what their desires are but telling you what you should be doing based on your desires right and they'll help to you know stretch your mind and stuff like that but for me i think there were certain parts where or certain times where i scaled faster than i was ready to and i'm like no i don't want to do this offer but it's like no do it it's fine you know your people trust you you're gonna make a bunch of money and it's like i scaled too fast but i didn't have the infrastructure to uphold what i had built yeah. and so that could be really dangerous because that can affect your um it affects how you do your business it affects um your reputation so i would say that's probably one of the things just not trusting my own intuition of when i wanted to launch what i wanted to launch all of those things and the best thing i've done is um i think again listening to my intuition listening to my body when i needed rest you know last year by the grace of god it was another million dollar year but i feel like i probably worked for seven or eight months out of the year because I'm like, you know what? I just don't want to do anything. I don't have the mental capacity. I'm not spiritually there. I need to take a break. I'm not in a place to pour into a bunch of clients. And so taking a break so I could come back and feel 100% for my event and the clients that I'm serving now, it was so worth the break. Wow, seven months. Mm-hmm. What did you do during that time you were off? <laughs> Listen. I was having a conversation with Donnie. Her, her, the episode with us just dropped today, and oh, I was like, "Yeah, I was like, I'm canceling my soft girl era, because I was just relaxing too hard, <laughs> too hard. What I mean, just chilling. I mean, watching TV, laying in my bed, figuring out what I wanted, thinking about when I want to launch again, you know, just doing stuff here and there. But there was honestly not a lot of structure. It was really just like doing therapy, just really a season of healing. Like, let me just figure out what I want because I don't want to go into 2023 with the same baggage, with the same trauma, with the same hurt, any of that. So it was just like, just do what's good for your soul right now. Wow. So I was checking out your apparel. Mm -hmm. Tell me the name of it again. Rebellious. Rebellious. Yeah. Where did the idea come from? Like, and it's, and it's fly. It's fly Thank gear you. for women. So take us into Rebellious, the idea what made you t 
I mean, you're in the e-learning space, we would say. What made you venture into <laughs> e-commerce and yeah. decide to go that route? We know the margins are different in e-commerce. Oh, totally they're different. very different. Uh, it's such a different game. So Rebellious, first I came up with the name because I do feel like I'm rebellious, you know, dropping out of college, really just doing my own thing. That's my personality. I don't like living by the rules. I like just doing, here's what works for me and that's what I wanna do. I don't wanna go by your rules. So that describes my personality in a sense and it rhymes with my last name. So it's Rebellious by Maya Elias. And when Great I- Great messaging by the way. Thank you, thank you very much, <laughs> yep. Um, and when I first came up with it, it was actually going to be a cosmetics brand because in 2019 I was wearing makeup more frequently and people were always like, oh, where do you get your lipstick? Where do you get your lipstick? And the company that I was wearing the lipstick from, they went out of business, so I couldn't really refer anybody to them. So I reached out to that company. I'm like, hey, can I buy your business since you guys aren't in business anymore? And they never responded to me. That's another um, rich girl flex. Yeah, <laughs> can, I, not, can I buy um, your supply you got left in the warehouse? Let me, let me buy your business. Let me just buy the business. Car carry on. <laughs> <laughs> um, but obviously nobody was monitoring the email, so I never got a response. So I'm like, okay, let me do my research. Let me just buy my own lipsticks. For, so for a few months, testing out different vendors, um, colors, all of those things. I'm like, boom, I got it. We're going to do Rebellious, you know, the cosmetic brand. And then so got my samples, all of that, put in uh, the trademark, and then 2020 hits and the pandemic comes and it's like nobody's wearing lipsticks. One, because nobody's going outside and if you are, you're wearing a mask. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, I got all these lipstick samples, but we're going to have to pivot. So I'm like, okay, let me just table this. We didn't know what was going on, you know, when the... Um, when pandemic first, oh, we're on, you know, lockdown for two weeks. Not, no, it was not be, two weeks. It was not anybody's two weeks. So then everybody starts gaining weight during the pandemic because we're inside the house, not knowing what's going on. Like it's cool to sit around and not exercise and eat whatever you want for two weeks. But when you do that for six months, you're like, wait a minute, <laughs> things are getting a little fluffy around here. So everybody's exercising. I'm at home trying to exercise. I'm like, what's going on? So people are seeing me like exercise on my social and the uh, sets that I was wearing, people were like, oh, I love your set, where are you getting it from? So I'm telling people, and I reach out to the company, I'm like, hey, do you guys work with influencers? And they're like, oh, we only work with people who are strictly fitness influencers, which clearly I'm not, I'm a business coach. So I'm like, well, I'm definitely gonna get paid off of this. Like, if y'all don't wanna work with me and you know, have me tell my people about you, so I find the vendor that they use and I order sets and I put my name on it and that's how Rebellious Fit got started. Wow. And you was able to still use your marketing expertise on down the line. I saw the content. I was like, this is fly. Thank you. This is fly. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Here's what I would ask before we, before we wrap up. Man, this has been phenomenal. As well as you've got me sitting here reevaluating. <laughs> I'm not a nap guy. Once I'm up, I'm up. But it's, yeah. but it's really bad because it's like I go to bed like two-ish, three. Mm. And between seven and like eight-ish is my like wake-up time. So it's like, yeah. like if I get a good four or five, I'm good. That's terrible. Yeah. And I, no, and you think you're good, but you're not good. I'm not functioning at my highest. Mm -hmm. I, I could do a little better. Yeah. So I'm going to work on that. Okay, cool. Let's get you at least six hours. Sheesh. I know. That's comatose. That oh six hours gosh. is like wake up with drool. Oh, yeah. I love waking up with drool. <laughs> it must be good. <laughs> here's, here's what I love. So I, w I would ask, what's next? You know, you, uh, some would say you've accomplished it all. How do you keep yourself motivated? What's next? Uh, hanging around like people like you, uh, just being in the right circle so you never get complacent. And it's interesting, you know, I want that balance of like, I'm content with what I've done, 
but I know that I'm still called to do more. That's what really keeps me going. Because I would settle. I would be like, you know what, I'm done. I'm cool. I make enough money for me. But it's like, it's not just about you. It's like, how can you, you know, do things for your family? How can you do things for the community? How can you inspire your own clients? So hanging around the right people, scaling, would love to do a $10 million year, um, would love to grow rebellious, would love to start a nonprofit. I think next I probably need to write a book or start a podcast. <laughs> I think all of the above. Yeah. You, you'll definitely be excellent. You'll definitely be excellent at it. Thank Anyone you. who wants to know how they can be a part of the next Impact Weekend, how they can work with you. Tell them how to get in contact with you, how to get in the room yes. for the next Impact Weekend. Yes, yes, yes. So if you want to come to the next Impact Weekend, you can sign up for the waitlist now at impactweekendlive.com. If you want to connect with me, I'm Maya Elias on Instagram, M-A-Y-A-E-L-I-O-U-S. That's Maya Elias, not Maya Licious. <laughs> and I do respond to DM, so let's connect on there. I love it. I love it. I already know that this year is going to be really big for you. Thank I, you. I, I could see you you back in work mode. I'm back in it. Yeah, you, yeah. Soft soft girl life is canceled, and I'm back to the grind. How can I support you with what you have going on? Because I, I love what you stand for. I love what you're doing. And we don't always tell people how to support us. How can I support you? Huh, that's a good question. I think I might have to think on that. Um, Maybe something with a book, because, you know, your okay. early days, you know, publishing with Marcus. <laughs> they was writing books for $250. Literally. <laughs> literally. And listen, $97. I hear just what? struggle bus. I love finding service providers before they know they're worth. <laughs> <laughs> listen, $97 to publish a whole book. Like, what was that? That's thinking? crazy. Was Definitely that? in the red. But, um... <laughs> I think just staying connected, encouraging me, let me know what big ideas you have because that helps me to, you know, just stretch my mind and think bigger. I love it. Well, let's continue to encourage each other. This has been another phenomenal episode of Monetize with Marcus. Man, I told y'all y'all was in for a treat with Maya Elias, not Maya Licious. <laughs> phenomenal in every sense of the word. I hope you got value. Make sure you do one favor. You share this with someone. If you went to Paris and had a great meal, you pull out your phone and you share it. So why wouldn't you share valuable content with someone that could help them too? If you need me, you know where to find me. I'll be over here minding my online business. I'll see you in the next episode.